Chapter Four of The Hunting of the Snark by Lewis Carroll. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fit the Fourth The Hunting. The bellman looked huffish and wrinkled his brow. If only you'd spoken before, it's excessively awkward to mention it now with the snark, so to speak, at the door. We should all of us grieve, as you well may believe, if you never were met with again. But surely, my man, when the voyage began, you might have suggested it then. It's excessively awkward to mention it now, as I think I've already remarked. And the man they called High replied with a sigh, I informed you the day we embarked. You may charge me with murder or want of sense. We are all of us weak at times, but the slightest approach to a false pretense was never among my crimes. I said it in Hebrew, I said it in Dutch, I said it in German and Greek, but I wholly forgot, and it vexes me much, that English is what you speak. Tis a pitiful tale, the bellman said whose face had grown longer at every word. But now that you've stated the whole of your case, more debate would be simply absurd. The rest of my speech, he explained to his men, you shall hear when I've leisure to speak it. But the snark is at hand, let me tell you again, tis your glorious duty to seek it. To seek it with thimbles, to seek it with care, to pursue it with forks and hope, to threaten its life with a railway share, to charm it with smiles and soap. For the snark's a peculiar creature that won't be caught in a commonplace way. Do all that you know and try all that you don't. Not a chance must be wasted today. For England expects, I forbear to proceed. Tis a maxim tremendous but trite and you'd best be unpacking the things that you need to rig yourselves out for the fight. Then the banker endorsed a blank cheque which he crossed, and changed his loose silver for notes. The baker with care combed his whiskers and hair, and shook the dust out of his coats. The boots and the broker were sharpening a spade, each working the grindstone in turn, but the beaver went on making lace and displayed no interest in the concern. Though the barrister tried to appeal to its pride, and vainly proceeded to cite a number of cases in which making laces had been proved an infringement of right. The maker of bonnets ferociously planned a novel arrangement of bows, while the billiard-marker, with quivering hands, was chalking the tip of his nose. But the butcher turned nervous and dressed himself fine with yellow kid gloves and a ruff since he felt it exactly like going to dine which the bellman declared was all stuff introduce me now there's a good fellow he said if we happen to meet it together and the bellman sagaciously nodding his head said that must depend on the weather the beaver went simply galumphing about at seeing the butcher so shy and even the baker, though stupid and stout, made an effort to wink with one eye. "'Be a man,' said the bellman in wrath, as he heard the butcher beginning to sob. 
should we meet with a jub-jub that desperate bird we shall need all our strength for the job End of chapter 4